Our forecast in detail in the northwest, Seattle, Portland in the 40s, but in California, we're looking at rain in Eureka, 48. Showers and storms, San Francisco to L.A. in the low to mid-50s. Even Phoenix, a wet day for you at 57. Salt Lake, a wintry mix, but the mountains are going to get pasted with snow. Bismarck, some snow showers, 30. Minneapolis, just clouds in 37. Chicago, mostly cloudy, 41. Hi, everybody. My name is Shauna, and this is the American English Podcast. My goal here is to teach you the English spoken in the United States. Through common expressions, pronunciation tips, and interesting cultural snippets or stories, I hope to keep this fun, useful, and interesting. Let's do it. Hey, hey, welcome back. In that introduction, you heard part of a weather report from USA Today. I'll go ahead and post the link inside the transcript. My guess is that it was probably pretty difficult to understand because of the speed, the city names, and maybe because the weatherman, uh, also known as a meteorologist, was using Fahrenheit. In today's episode, I'll show you how to use the popular expression to take a rain check. And we'll talk about the weather today in the United States. By the end of this episode, you should have a better grasp of how to use Fahrenheit. You should also be able to talk about weather using common collocations. So stay tuned. Let's begin with a joke. What do you call two days of rain in Seattle? Do you have any ideas? (laughs) The weekend. (laughs) That's pretty mean, but uh, not really, I guess. That's sort of the reality up in the Northwest. According to weather.com, Seattle gets 152 days of rain per year. Portland, Oregon, which is pretty close by, is about the same. So it doesn't mean they're not worth visiting. Portland is honestly one of the best cities I've ever been to. So if you go on a road trip, just make sure to bring an umbrella. (laughs) On to the expression of the day, take a rain check. Let's go through each individual word first. Take. Take means to reach for and hold or remove from a place. A is an indefinite article used for singular objects. For example, I have a book means one book. Rain. Rain is moisture condensed from the atmosphere that falls visibly in separate drops. Check. A check is a piece of paper with an amount written on it to pay others or to deposit into an account. So what is the definition of to take a rain check? Well, it's used when we want to postpone an invitation for a later date, usually an unspecified time in the future. So say, for example, you want to meet up with a friend. They offer to go out to lunch and you say, hmm, can I take a rain check? In other words, can we do this sometime in the future? I don't have time right now but I really would love to do that. Where does this expression come from? The first use of the expression take a rain check goes back to the 1800s. If it rained before the start of a professional baseball game, the game would be called off. Called off means canceled. All of the spectators who bought tickets would be given a rain check, which was essentially a new ticket or voucher for a game in the future. So instead of getting angry for the game being called off, they could use their rain check to return on a day it wasn't raining. Nowadays, we simply use it to imply that we would like to do an offered activity, but at a later time. 
Let's hear some examples to make better sense of the meaning. Example number one: Yesterday, I went to a baby and me meetup group. <laughs> like the name, it's essentially a group of mothers and their babies that get together every week to talk about challenges and successes of being a new mom. So, at the end of the event, two of the moms invited me to go shopping with them. The timing was really bad, though.、Uh, my dad was working at my house, <laughs> and so I needed to go back. And so I said, "Wow, that sounds really fun, but I have to meet up with my dad right now. Can I take a rain check? In other words, can I come with you too next time you go shopping?" <laughs> Example number two: You've been very busy lately and have a ton of work to do. You can't seem to find time to clean your house, do your laundry, or run errands. So when you don't think you can imagine another activity in your life, a family member asks you to go out for lunch and catch up. You might ask that family member, "Hey, do you mind if I take a rain check?" In other words, do you mind if we move this to a later date and time? I have a lot of tasks on my plate right now, and I don't think I could give you the attention you deserve. Example number three: You have a group of friends that always wants to go out, get drinks, travel, do a lot of things, and you're just tired. You honestly want to spend your Friday night on the couch watching Game of Thrones, maybe drinking a glass of wine. As usual, they ask you to go to a nice restaurant、uh, Friday night, and when you say you can't make it, they say, "Hey, don't worry, we'll give you a rain check." In other words, we'll give you another chance to come out with us. To a nice restaurant in the future, so you can give or take a rain check. All right, hope that made sense. Let's go ahead and do some listen and repeat exercises so that you can practice your pronunciation. We'll use the question, "Can I take a rain check?" Repeat after me. Can. Can I? Can I take? Can I take a rain check? Can I take a rain check? Can I take a rain check? Right, and the conjugation. Repeat after me. I took a rain check. You took a rain check. He took a rain check. She took a rain check. It took a rain check. We took a rain check. They took a rain check. So, as I mentioned in the beginning, in today's episode for the fun fact, we're going to learn how to use Fahrenheit and talk about weather in the United States. So, let's go back in time to hear how Fahrenheit came to the U.S. In 1714, a German man, Daniel Fahrenheit. Found thermometers fascinating. A thermometer is a device with which we measure temperature. Fahrenheit experimented. He was the first to make a reliable thermometer with mercury, unlike his predecessors who used alcohol and water. His efforts paid off when he managed to make two thermometers have the same reading. Such accuracy had never existed in temperature readings before. When he introduced his thermometers to Britain. They welcomed the discovery and his scale with open arms. As time passed, a scientist from Sweden, Anders Celsius, suggested altering Fahrenheit's scale by making measurements more user-friendly. Instead of 32 for the temperature at which water freezes, 
he suggested zero. Instead of 212 for the boiling temperature of water, he suggested 100. And from there, he found that body temperature would be 37 instead of 98.6. Seems logical, right? So a lot of countries bought into it, but Britain didn't. As Britain continued to colonize new countries in the 18th and 19th centuries, they brought thermometers and the use of Fahrenheit with them. Today, there are just a handful of nations that continue to use Fahrenheit exclusively, including the Bahamas, Liberia, the Cayman Islands, and the United States, just to name a few of them. So when you come to the United States, you will use Fahrenheit. Is there an easy way to understand it? Well, I think so, but you can determine that on your own. (laughs) So on the government website on NIST, uh, there's a really nice poem to help Americans understand Celsius. 30 degrees Celsius is hot. 20 degrees Celsius is nice. 10 degrees Celsius is cold. Zero degrees Celsius is ice. These reference points can make temperature conversion much easier than trying to calculate, right? Timesing the amount by 1.8 and adding 32. So uh, let's go ahead and translate that poem into Fahrenheit using the equivalent of 30, 20, 10, and 0. 86 is hot, 68 is nice, 50 is cold, 32 is ice. Let me repeat that. 86 is hot, 68 is nice, 50 is cold, 32 is ice. So 30 degrees Celsius is 86, 20 is 68, 10 degrees Celsius is 50, and 0 degrees Celsius is 32 degrees Fahrenheit. So obviously, if you live in a country where the temperatures are higher or much lower, you might want to add a few more lines to this poem. But I think for most people, this is kind of a good range to understand, you know, temperature and what falls in between. So let's go ahead and apply the poem uh, in some readings of the weather today in different areas of the United States. As a side note, it's the end of June as I record this, so the very beginning of summer. So today in Portland, Maine, it's going to be in the low 60s all morning with a chance of showers, in other words, with a chance of rain. Looks like they'll have a cloudy afternoon reaching a high of 69. Okay, so remember our reference point, 68. 68 is nice. So in the low 60s with a high of 69, well, that means it'll probably be a little bit colder than nice, so might be smart to bring a sweater, right? Next one, let's see, Honolulu, Hawaii. So it looks like there'll be, right, there will, there'll, there'll be nice weather today in Honolulu, Hawaii. It's a clear day. There's no clouds in sight. They'll have a high of 84 and a low of 77. So a high of and a low of 77. So what was our reference point for hot? Remember 86? 86 was 30. So, hmm, it'll be between hot and nice all day long. Very nice. Of course, you know, humidity plays a huge role in how hot an actual location is. But in any case... This is just a general reference point. So let's move on to New York. Um, It's currently drizzling or sprinkling. This is when it rains lightly in New York. It'll get up 
into the upper 60s, or it'll get into the upper 60s this afternoon, and it will drop down into the lower 50s tonight. So it'll get up into, or it'll get into the upper 60s, and it will drop down into the lower 50s. Do you remember what 50 was, right? 50 was 10 degrees Celsius, pretty cold. So at nighttime, you'll definitely need a jacket, not unless you're warm-blooded, of course. Okay, and right now I am in Woodland, California. It's 77 degrees Fahrenheit, and that's about 25 degrees Celsius, right? So pretty nice. Um, so note that order, degrees Fahrenheit, degrees Celsius, never change the order. Never Fahrenheit degrees, never Celsius degrees, always degrees first. So seems fairly straightforward, right? So let's talk about extremely high and extremely low temperatures. So I'll have to focus on historic information just because today it's, it's pretty nice and all over the map. Um, so historically speaking, uh, the hottest place in the United States is Death Valley, which is in Southern California and has had the hottest recorded temperatures in the United States. So since 2000, Death Valley has reached 53.9 degrees Celsius multiple times, and that is equivalent to 129 degrees Fahrenheit. So what's that feel like? Mm, well, I don't know the humidity. I'm sure if you visit there, you'll sweat like a pig. Hmm, so which city is the coldest and has the most snowfall? According to USA Today, in 2015, the coldest city in the United States was Fairbanks, Alaska. The average monthly low temperature was negative 16.9, and the average monthly high was 52.3, right? And this is in Fahrenheit. So the average annual snowfall is 66.1 inches. Um, North Dakota, Minnesota, Michigan, and states in the Midwest aren't far behind Alaska. So which state is the rainiest? Well, I made a joke in the beginning about Seattle, which is a city in Washington. Um, and well, in the lower 48 states, the highest amount of rain is actually in Washington near Forks. And you probably know this very dark, mysterious town because it's where the movie Twilight took place. Twilight with the vampires. Yeah, so when the author Stephanie Meyer was asked why she chose Forks as the setting for her Twilight books, she claimed she needed someplace ridiculously rainy. <laughs> so when it's not rainy, it's misty, foggy, and drizzly there. So the most rainfall offshore is on the island of Kauai. Chicago is known as the Windy City, but is it the windiest in the U.S.? Nope. According to USA Today, it's not even in the top 10. Actually, it's Jackson, Mississippi, and followed by Springfield, Montana, and Boston, Massachusetts. Which state is the most humid? Well, what is humidity? Humidity is atmospheric moisture, right? It's that water vapor in the air, right? When you go on vacation and pack a bunch of very nice clothes and think you're going to look good the whole time, but when you step out of the car, within a second, your hair looks like you have an afro and <laughs> you look like a hot mess. Yeah, that's that's humidity. Um, and there are a lot of very humid states in um, the south. So kind of near the Gulf of Mexico and uh, New Orleans, according to currentresults.com, is uh, the most humid, followed by Florida and some of the other states down there. 
In this episode, you heard a lot of collocations talking about weather. So get up into the 90s, drop down into the 30s, reaching a high of 90, having a low of 30. When talking about stocks or prices of products, we can use this sort of terminology as well, right? So ooh, last week, that MacBook was $1,000. This week, it's dropped down into the $900 range, etc. Yeah. So anyway, of course, in this episode, I didn't get to talk about hurricanes, tornadoes, and all sorts of natural disasters that happen in the United States, but I'll make sure to save those for future episodes. So I hope uh, this was helpful and looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the American English Podcast. Remember, it's my goal here to not only help you improve your listening comprehension, but to show you how to speak like someone from the States. If you want to receive the full transcript for this episode, or you just want to support this podcast, make sure to sign up to premium content on AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. Thanks and hope to see you soon.